You're listening to Catholic Chicago on WNDZ 750 AM. Every Monday through Friday from 8 AM to 9 AM, the Archdiocese of Chicago presents programming about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Thanks for letting us be part of your morning. Now again, Catholic Chicago. Welcome back, everybody. This is Bob Gilligan of the Catholic Conference of Illinois, and thanks for listening to the show here this morning on this Martin Luther King holiday. Uh, our next guest is uh, with a group called Illinois PIRG, P-I-R-G. I have to ask him what that stands for. I'm not sure off the top of my head. Uh, we're going to be talking about uh, a good thing that came out of the past legislative session, which is cracking down on some of the practices regarding predatory lending and payday loans. There's not a person listening to this that's gonna be, not going to be shocked when you hear what the prior law was before this bill passed. Uh, his name is Abe Scar. He's state director of Illinois PERG. Abe, are you with us? I am. Thanks hey, for having me. Thank you. Thanks for coming on. What does PERG stand for? I should know it's this. A, that's okay. It's a funny acronym. Uh, public Interest Research Group. I so we're that. a citizen-funded uh, public yeah. interest advocacy I knew, organization. I should have known that one. So tell us a little bit about uh, a, a bit of a win here. Um, uh, you know, uh, we've been involved with this through the years on and off, um, trying to do something um, to pass legislation to crack down on some of the practices on small consumer loans, I think they're called. And if I remember, early in my career, back in like the early 2000s, we were successful. Then it looks like they found a loophole, and now we're chasing that. So tell us a little bit about what the legislature did and then let's kind of backtrack into the <laughs> into what these people do uh, in terms of usury laws, I, I would imagine. But go ahead. Tell us a little bit about the bill. So uh, a bill passed early Wednesday morning through the Illinois Senate after passing on Tuesday afternoon in the House um, that will cap all consumer loans, no matter what the loan is or who the lender is. There's a hard cap of 36 percent on That's all great. consumer loans. Yeah. And that may sound high. I, I wouldn't want to take out a credit card with a 36% interest rate, um, but compared to what we've seen in uh, predatory lending operations in Illinois, uh, upwards of you know 297 percent. 297%. Stop yeah. and think about that. Yeah. You, you borrow a dollar, you pay three back. Two dollars, two dollars ninety-seven cents back. That's insane. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So it's it's a it's a huge step forward, and it's um. It was included in, in the, the Illinois Legislative Black Caucus's economic equity agenda, um, and you know, as we'll get into, this has been a long, hard fight. And um, you know, sir, I, I'll be honest, caught me by surprise that we were able to get this over the finish line. Me too. Um, uh, but very, very happy about that, and, and pleased to have been able to work with the Catholic Conference um, this week and, and over the years to make it happen. Yeah, it's an, it's really. Uh... Yeah, I, 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 I agree with you. Hey, sometimes don't look at gift bars in the mouth, right? Um, yeah. So, you know, I'm looking at a chart here. Just talk about the current—let's talk about the problem now. Um, it, it, you know, I was, I was describing this to my wife the other day, and she said, well, who could ever pay that back? And, and I don't have a good answer to that. I mean, even under 36% interest, who could, um, who could pay that kind of money back? I mean, what, what do these people do who take out these loans? Do they ever pay it back? Is it possible to pay it back? Some certainly do. Um, sometimes people have a short-term cash need, and they're they're in a position to pay it back. 
um, <clears throat> if you know with their payday coming up or something like that. But what we see more often is that these types of loans trap people in a cycle of debt. Um, people don't often just take out one of these loans. They end up taking four or five loans uh, yeah. um, over time. Um, and they don't necessarily ever pay back the principal. It's a way that the lender kind of keeps somebody trapped and hooked, just continuing to pay interest. And it becomes a drain on somebody who already is in a situation yeah. where they have low income. And the other thing I always talk about this, it's I don't I don't think most borrowers are, are stupid or don't understand what they're getting into. They're in a moment of crisis. They they have an emergency medical bill, mm-hmm. um, a car accident, you know, something comes up and they have an immediate cash need and they're desperate. And um, <clears throat> right now these products have been, you know, available and heavily marketed and, and so people in a moment of need turn to what they think is their only option and get trapped in in a really uh, bad situation, an even worse situation um, through this cycle of, of debt. And they're generally located, the the physical offices of these companies that do this, in, in extremely low, po- in poverty, low-income areas. Um, right. And I was looking at a chart here that shows like sort of who takes out these types of loans, um, and it's broken down by zip code. Um, and it says payday alone amounts per 100 population, 100,000 population. So in Lincoln Park, which is obviously a, a fairly wealthy area, in the 60614 uh, zip code, it's about $126. In Chicago writ large, it's 390 But in Austin, which is a, a economically depraved area, it's the zip code is 60644. It's $1,393. So I mean, that, that, that's who's taking out these loans. I mean, it is a product that is designed to um, extract money from low-income populations. Um, if you're like me and you have a, you know, steady, uh, you know, sufficient paycheck and good credit, I, I would never need to turn to something like this. Um, it's only for people who who are in poverty already who have an immediate cash need, and that's that's the business model. And we're we're pleased that um, this predatory business model, um, hopefully with the signature from the governor, right. will be no yeah. be no more in Illinois. The um, Abe, talk a little bit about another portion of this is the car title loan business. Now that yeah. is also is that that's also included in this legislation, correct? Yeah, I mean it's it's everything. It's so, everything, right? Um, you know, we, we've had to, those of us who've worked on this have had to get to know these different types of loans because there were certain types of loans that were specifically licensed and allowed to, uh, you know, charge these much higher interest rates than you would generally be able to. A car title loan is, um, you would think of it like a payday loan. It is, again, a short-term, high-cost loan. What's um, different about a car title loan is that the borrower hands over the title to their car to the lender. And if they end up defaulting, um, the um, lender has the ability to take that car away. Now, what we've seen is um, that doesn't happen too often. It does happen sometimes. um, But as you can imagine, having that type of power over a borrower, if they need that car to get to work, to get to school, to get food for their family, Mm -hmm. that's incredibly powerful for um, the lender to have. And so what doesn't typically happen is that they, you know, repossess the car, sell it, 
um, what more likely happens is what we were talking about earlier. They they take out another loan yeah. and they get trapped in this cycle. Yeah. Um, and so that was you know something we'd been trying. We were trying a couple of years ago just to get this 36% interest rate cap just on card title loans, and you know got got not very far in the legislature. I, I know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, you know, part of the reason why this victory is so um, surprising and sweet. Exactly. I I don't want to go over names, but I've had conversations personally with some of uh, the members and 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 you just kind of got this amorphous like uh, it was a frustrating feeling. It wasn't like they, they didn't come out and say, well, against it, but they didn't say we're for it. It was kind of this wishy washy sort of like, well, looking at that and blah, blah, blah. And, and it never seemed to materialize into enough traction to get uh, the majority of people down there to to stick their necks out. And so. Maybe this is an example, and there are a lot of examples like this in doing what we do, whereas when you have a large enough package and, and things get put in there, it's easier for people to vote for it because there's other things they can point to and say, yes, I was for X, Y, and Z and just not talk about the other things. Maybe this is one of those cases. Uh, perhaps it is. Um, I, I, I assume that's the case because um, I know in the car title uh, loan bill a couple years ago, it, was just not, it just wasn't getting much traction. Yeah. Yeah. Well, my theory on it is uh, one, again, the Legislative Black Caucus included this in their package. They stuck to their guns when they got a lot of pushback from industry, and they deserve an enormous amount of credit. And it's fitting we're talking about it on Martin Luther King Day. And, you know, a lot of folks in Democratic leadership, even if they may have at another time wanted to say no on something like this, they this they understood time. in the moment that the Black Caucus agenda was very important, and they they right. just they they weren't going to say no. You know, Abe, uh, if, if I recall this bill when it went to the floor, and and you know, this I'm sure you're like me. This past couple of days, you just, it's just kind of like a blur in terms of what yeah. you may have heard or heard or dreamt or wasn't sure because it was late at night. But when this bill went to the House floor, is this the one where a couple of Republicans stood up and, and 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 took note of it and said they could support it? I think it was. Oh, absolutely. It, it, it passed yeah. 110 to nothing on the House side. Right. And we okay. got right. um, Republican votes for it on the Senate, including the incoming um, Senate majority, excuse me, minority leader, leader. McConchie. Yeah. And that's been our experience in the past. Um, you know, I had a lot of good conversations on the car title loan uh, bill with Republicans who saw this as really harmful to their communities. Um, and one thing that I'm hopeful, given those bipartisan votes, is that we can build momentum on the federal level. Um, my congressman, Representative Chuy Garcia from Chicago, is the sponsor of a 36% interest rate cap national bill. It has bipartisan support, although it's just one Republican from Wisconsin. Um, so, you know, we're, hmm. we're hoping to work with some of the Illinois, you know, state level Republicans um, to maybe lobby with us, um, their congressional counterparts, and see if we can build some more bipartisan support. Uh, from Illinois at the national level. That's interesting because I thought there was a federal cap, but does that just pertain to members of the military? Is that what that it's is? It's active service members, yes. So okay. the, the military um, saw this as a problem, as a readiness <laughs> problem, um, because um, active service members often would have short-term cash needs. Right. And we used to see these predatory lenders not only in low-income neighborhoods, but right outside military bases, bases and, right. and places where um, service members were. So we've had for a while um, the 36% cap uh, for active service members, but not for veterans uh, and not for um, you know members of the general population. Um, and so 
um, the the federal legislation is the, mm-hmm. the Veterans and Consumers Fair um, Lending Act. So it, it kind of we're, we're trying to build off of the yeah, history good. that we have with we'll have with, take a look at with that. military. Yeah. yeah. Um, a one final question. So uh, that is just leaving my little size brain here. This um, so if um, I think you started by saying something along the lines of I think some people find it shocking that it's capped at 36 percent. And I think most people would say that's 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 crazy. Um, so I know we're we're kind of this law now prevents over 36 percent. So you can't have this, you know, 297 percent thing that was going on. 36 uh, percent is a lot. And that interest accumulates very quickly. Is this going to uh, significantly address the problem or do we have the same problem, just a little less of it, or is it hard to I, say? I think it will significantly address the problem. Okay. Um, certainly, there may, you know, it may still be expensive for low-income folks to get access to credit or access to cash, and it certainly won't address that. I mean, that's the underlying problem: is is poverty and people having uh, not a lot of income and not a lot of wealth. So yeah. it's not going to address that. But what what you do see with an interest rate cap like this is it does end the business model where where the business model is to trap people in the cycle, and so I think we're going to see that go away. Um, people may still you know have to pay more than when you might think they should to get access to some cash on a short term basis. Um, but when you're talking about 36%, it's much less likely to trap people, and you're going to get lenders who who their business model is is to be responsible with their lending. Um, so I'm I'm very optimistic that this will address at least the the debt trap problem. Again, um, addressing poverty is a is a much bigger challenge. Oh yeah, sure, um, and, sure. and something. Um, um, that's going to take a lot more work. No, absolutely. But this is definitely a step in the right direction, and it's something that's va- sorely needed. And and this is one of those common man sense arguments that uh, I think most people, when they hear this, they kind of they 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 do express outrage that somebody could charge that level of interest and get away with it. It's very uh, it's sad that this has been the practice for so long, but now it's not. So we, now we got a cap at thirty six percent, and hopefully, to your point, we'll see uh, some alleviation of of poverty and people getting trapped um, beyond their means. Abe, thanks so much for taking some time this morning. Uh, Happy Martin Luther King Day to you, uh, albeit early. And uh, thanks for all your great work on this. And uh, yeah, see, every once in a while, it does work out, right? Yes, sometimes (laughs) after many years of change coming slow, it comes really fast. Yeah, exactly. Um, Thanks for having me on. You never know. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Uh, Thanks to Abe for joining us. And uh, just a quick note here before we uh, have to say goodbye. Uh, As I mentioned at the outset of the program, um, a lot of changes this week, a lot of news coming out of Springfield. Uh, uh, We plan these shows, you know, a couple days in advance. And um, so next show uh, in the Third week in February will be well along the legislative session, and uh, it will be under the leadership of uh, the newly uh, elected um, Speaker of the House, Chris Welch, who is a uh, I think has been in the House since uh, 2012. Uh, much publicized change um, now with uh, Illinois not having the leadership of, of Speaker Madigan, and uh, that changes that that will bring or will be uh, significant or not. We will see. 
Um, so I just want to make note of that. And um, there are more changes in Springfield uh, coming up with uh, Bill Brady, uh, the Senate Minority Leader, no longer being elected. Uh, the election of Dan McConkie from uh, uh, the northern part of, of the state here. And uh, so there's some changes coming in Illinois. Um, obviously, we do need more changes, but uh, leadership is uh, perhaps where it will start. So we'll see where that brings us. We'll continue advocating for the things we do in the year ahead. And uh, so hopefully uh, with a new president that will be inaugurated in a couple days here, new leadership, um, perhaps uh, we'll get some, uh, we'll address some of the issues that are so important to many. This is Bob Gilligan of the Catholic Conference. Uh, thanks for listening to our program today. Happy Martin Luther King Day to everybody. Uh, have a good day and a good week. We'll talk to you again on the third Monday in February. Join us every Monday through Friday at this time for Catholic Chicago. You can stream our programs live or listen to past programs by visiting our website, archchicago.org, and clicking on Radio TV. And please connect.